Yeah, welcome to part three of God at the Movies. Was that uh, music just great? Give them a round of applause. It was super. If you're our guest, that is our band. It's our band, not a special band we brought in. That is our, our band virtually every single week. So we're so thankful for them. Uh, if you're watching online, I want to say hello to you guys and give a big welcome to everybody at Oak Bridge City. So give them a round of applause if you can. If you're out in the foyer or the hallways, I say hello to you as well. Um, so this series, here's kind of the idea for this series. Um, what makes a movie a blockbuster? What makes it a hit? And I can tell you this, special effects are important, but that's not what makes it a, a real hit. Costume design is important. The actors and actresses are important. But really, what enables a movie to be a hit is its storyline. There's no, been no great movie with a bad storyline. They've got to have the storyline. That's still the main thing. Hollywood knows that, and we know that. So what we realized was when we see a movie that resonates with a lot of us, whether you're called a Christian or not a Christian, whether you've accepted Jesus or not accepted him, you haven't figured that out yet, these movies reach something deep down inside of us. So we thought we'd do this series that kind of talks about where we think there's some principles and some movies that we like, and we think that we can trace those back to actually a teaching of God or at least a principle of God or a value of God. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, today's movie uh, was from 2009 that I'm going to talk about. It's from 2009. It had a $300 million box office back in 2009. And any of you guys know what Rotten Tomatoes is? It's a scoring system. So I, when I go to see a movie, I see what Rotten Tomatoes says. It's got one of the highest rated scores ever for a movie at 98% plus. So that means almost everybody that went there, plus the Rotten Tomatoes people, how they come up with their uh, uh, verdicts on it, gave it a 98% score. It's said that this movie, by a panel of movie experts, said it's got one of the top 21 scenes in the history of motion pictures. And you're going to see that scene in a little while. One of the top 21 scenes that resonates with everybody, that is a truth, that is great uh, uh, cinematography, great, uh, great movie making. You're going to see that in a moment. And it's one of my top three favorite movies ever. Uh, you saw, we talked about a couple weeks ago, It's a Wonderful Life. That's my number one. This is either two or three. And I'll probably be talking about the, third, the second or third one as well next week. I love the story that has this movie. I love the storyline. And it's got a variety of subplots to it, a variety of subplots that I think we could tie back to God. But I personally love this story. And, uh, but I believe the main story of this movie is found uh, in an old writing from 3,400 years ago. Can you believe that? This movie's made in 2009. And yet the main writing from this story, I think the main plot line, the storyline that I love about it, that I think resonates with so, so many people, why it's such a hit and still is a popular movie today, is from this plot line from 3,400 years ago. So before I tell you the movie and before I show the clips and so forth, I got a couple questions I want to ask you real quick. This is a quick quiz. You guys know when the first Star Wars movie came out, what year? Anybody know? 1977. Yeah, that's exactly right, 1977. Whoever got that, that was very good. My senior year of high school, uh, 1977, the class that came from heaven. That was my class. It was beautiful. <laughs> First Star Wars. It's crazy that it was that long ago, right? 43 years ago? No, that's, that's nuts. How about this? What year was 9-11? 2001. 19 years ago. And yet I know many of you that are alive. There's a lot of you that are not watching this or in the room that weren't alive, you can remember when the planes, when you saw it, you know where you're at. That was 19 years ago. I mean, there's been a whole generation almost being born since that time period. Um, when was the last Friends episode? Any of you guys Friends lovers, you like, like to watch Friends? The younger generation thing, they're watching it now on Netflix again. That was in a 2004, was the last Friends episode. When did the Cardinals last win the World Series? 
2011, that's exactly right. It doesn't seem like David Freeze was just, just hitting that ball out just, just yesterday, and yet that was nine years ago. When did the Blues win the Stanley Cup in what month? <laughs> June of 2019, but yet it's crazy. It seems like it was just what? Just yesterday, and that was, you know, I mean, time goes by fast. Amen? Can I get an amen? Okay, we get an amen. All right, this leads us to our teaching from really the oldest psalm that we believe in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms in the Old Testament, God's promise to the nation Israel before God's promise to all of us through Jesus. And uh, so in this book of Psalms, most of the book of Psalms was written by King David. But there are a couple of Psalms that are written by different authors. King David wrote the book of Psalms about 1,000 years before Jesus or 3,000 years ago. This was written 1,400 years ago, and they believe the author is Moses, the guy that came down with the Ten Commandments, the guy that led the nation Israel out of the wilderness, that Moses. He lived a long life, uh, longer than most people. And here's what he said in Psalm 90.12. Now hold on before Psalm 90.12 comes up on the screen. There's little hand motions that we got to learn to this, okay? So I got, you guys go along with me, right? Just follow along with me that we're going to put on the screen. You guys ready? Teach us to number our days. Put your hands up. I got to see all your hands up. Say after me. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now you guys together, ready? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Okay. That's, that's part of the psalm, that the key thing that we have. Teach us to number our days that we may gain, what do you, if you learn to number your days, meaning you learn to know the value of the days, you learn to know what season you're in. Moses wrote this 3,400 years ago. He'd gone through a ton of seasons. He'd gone through a slave season. He'd gone through a, a power position season. He says, teach us the number of days. Well, why? Why, Moses? What, what's the reason? So I can gain a heart of wisdom. So my heart can grow and it can be wise. So the value, the question is that we're going to try and look at in this. Do you know how to number your days? Or do the days just fly by and you look back and go, wow, I don't know what's happened in the last 20 years. Or if you're in a season of life, is that season such that you don't know the value of it to endure it? to enjoy it, to walk through it. I mean, I hear a lot of moms right now, they have little babies that are in diapers. And they go, oh, I just can't wait till the kid's out of diapers. Then I hear a lot of, lot of, lot of other people says, you know what, I just love holding my little baby. I wish I could change her diaper, but she's 18 and she won't let me do that anymore. <laughs> Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God, teach me to number my days in the, in the final quarter of my life. Teach me to number our days. Teach me to number our days when I'm in high school. Then I may gain a heart of wisdom. What's that look like? Teach me to number our days. That's what Moses wrote uh, 3,400 years ago in Psalm 90. But we keep reading a little bit further. But before I read this next Psalm 94, before I read that for you, I want to tell you a little about Moses. He had started off as a member of Pharaoh's court. He was in a power position. He was an Israelite. If you remember right, he was a baby that the babies were supposed to be killed and his parents put him in a little basket and he was raised by uh, one of the Egyptian princesses. And uh, so he became a power player, but he's an Israelite. And, and the Egyptians uh, at that time, the Israelites were in bondage. So he ends up uh, owning up to 
that he's an Israelite. He ends up moving away from the pleasure of, of Pharaoh. And then God gives him this task. He says, look, Moses, I want you to go back and speak to the most powerful person on the planet, the one that can have your life taken in just a moment. He's pretty harsh. And I want you to t have him tell all the people of Israel, let them go. Let the Israelites go. So during this time period, a little thing happens. I'm just going to give you a little bit. And he got in an argument with an Egyptian, a fight. He's defending somebody, and he killed the Egyptian. All right. Now, God has a little thing about what? Murder. Thou shalt not murder. So anyway, Moses did this. And he goes on, goes away. After a number of years, comes back, comes back to set the people free. Goes through all these plagues and all these things and so forth. Eventually, you can read about him in Exodus. Eventually, the people are set free, and the nation Israel, a million plus people, start walking across into the desert, not knowing where they're going to a land that's called the Promised Land. That's where Moses wants to lead them. He leads them through this Promised Land for 40 years in the desert. Can you imagine what all went on during that time period? They're, they didn't know where they're going to go. If you've driven with your kid to Florida, and they, what do they ask all the time? When are we going to be there? Are we there? No, 10 more minutes. No, 10 more minutes, right? Can you imagine what went on here? Gets to the promised land where he knows he's supposed to go, and God says, you can't enter the promised land. You just can't enter it. This is the Moses that said, teach us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we have a heart of wisdom. He, wanted to, he had to number his days when he was in, in the desert. He had to number his days when he was in a power position. He had to number his days of hardship under Pharaoh. He had to number his days where God was with him. That's what he said, number of days. Psalm 94, Psalm 94. Moses, a thousand years, he's talking to God. He says, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. And I want to push on this one just a little bit. Have any of you guys ever been in a season that seems like it lasts for a long, long time? Raise your hand where we can see. It's an encouragement to people. Have anybody ever been while you're in this season, it's not been a good season, where you say, God, where are you? Why do I have to stay in this season so long? It might be a season of loneliness. It might be a season of physical pain, emotional pain. You might be going through some stress, some anxiety, some depression. You might be going through some hopelessness, some severe loss. You've just attended a funeral of somebody that you know life's not going to be the same anymore. You go through, and you say, well, God, why do you wait so long? And I just wanted to give just a glimpse maybe of God, maybe for some of you. I asked you why those dates were like when 9-11 was. Because I wanted you to understand life really does go by fast. It really does when you look back on it. In the moment, it may not feel that way. But in general, I remember I was speaking to my dad, and my dad was uh, in his late 70s. And he said, son, he says, time goes by so fast. He said, you've got to understand that. And, and, and I did, because here's why. It seems like now for me, and, and the older you get, the faster it goes, and I'm going to prove that in a second. All right. I know it's still 24-7, 365, but it goes by faster. For me, for me, a year feels like a month used to. A month feels like a week. A week feels like a day. It feels like I just step off this pulpit, and I'm stepping right back on it the next day. It goes by so fast. Time goes by so fast. And the older I get, the faster it seems to move. My fear is not a death. My fear is my time is short, even if it's 20 years, because 20 years is what? Short. It's short. And if we did it in a math equation, we could easily say it this way. If we put one year over a two-year-old's life, that's half their life. 
That's like, I remember cartoon day when I was a little kid. Saturdays were cartoon day. I remember thinking, oh, no, I see Bugs Bunny mopping up the spotlight and the Jetsons are off and whatever there was. And I'm thinking, it's so long till next week. And right now they go by so quick. But as a percentage of math, it's one over two. It's just one half of your life. Well, then a person becomes 20. It's one over 20. It's one twentieth of your life. Well, if you live to be 100, it's a small ratio. It's one over 100. So I do believe the older you get, if you're right now in your 80s and you say, Tom, just wait till you're in your 80s, it really zips by. I believe you. I believe you because I've experienced it in my life and every other person's. I know that. What if you live to be 200 years old? How, how long would one year be? One year over 200. It'd be faster. It'd be, it'd be hardly nothing, correct? What if you live to be 500 years? What would one year be? Well, God is saying here that a, a thousand years to us is like a day to him. It's like a day. What if you put one year over infinity? What if you put a thousand years over infinity? So what God says, you struggle, you suffer, you have pain, you have suffering, just for a moment, just a daytime. But in the morning, in the morning, will come hope and salvation and peace. That's what he's saying. And maybe for some of you right now that are in the midst of a season, I would, I would tell you to lean into it, to hold on to God, to find something you can be grateful in it. And it may be a heavy season, I get that. But life is short, it is short. Can you say that with me, life is short? It is. And your seasons, you've got to learn to number them so that your heart may grow in wisdom. We do that, it makes a big difference. All right, Psalm 90:10. Moses again. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. 3,400 years ago, the number's still 70 or 80 years if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and will fly away. So what Moses is saying, time goes by fast, even if you live to be 70 or 80 years. Psalm 90, 12, we started off with that one. Ready to do the hand motions again? Ready? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, that's my prayer for everyone in here today. Whether you're young or old, whatever season you're in, teach you to number your days that you may grow a heart of wisdom in that stage and that age. Well, 400 years later, King David referenced this psalm Psalm 90 from Moses when he wrote in Psalm 39.4. Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days and let me know how fleeting my life is. Let me understand how quickly it goes by. Those days when you're adolescence, those days when all of a sudden you're in adulthood and you have all the responsibilities, those days even when it all the way goes up to the time period where other people have to now take care of you that you took care of before. Teach me to number my days. Teach me to number my days. This movie points that out very, very well. And then there's a subplot to this movie as well that I'm just going to read this, and I'll talk a little about. You're going to see six clips that we're going to have to go through. I'm going to make just a little commentary on each one. I believe they've done so well that you can understand that the, who the main characters are and and how numbering their days so that they may have a heart of wisdom is, is part of what they would teach as well. But before I do that, I want to read something that's part of this movie as well. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It's <clears throat> what Jesus said. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, 
<clears throat> and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. Then he says, all the law, all these 10 laws that Moses came down with, all the other 600 that the Israelites built onto, all the laws that you add onto that, all the prophets that came from God, all the preachers that came from God, all the teachers that came from God, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. These are the two big ones. This movie will give us a, a retrospective on numbering our days and loving our neighbor well. The movie's Up. How many of you guys have seen the movie Up? Raise your hand. One of my favorites. The main characters in it are a man named Carl, who had a wife named Elsie, named Ellie. We don't really see her that much in this movie, just the beginning clip. Then there's a boy named Russell, and then there's a dog named Doug, and there's a bird named Kevin. Those are the main characters in this scene. The first one, the first scene you want to see, which is one of the top 21 moments in film history, according to Rotten Tomatoes and some other critics. First film that you see is um, of Carl and Ellie. They were adventurous kids. Uh, they grew up together. They were childhood sweethearts, basically. They eventually married, and they wanted to go to this place called Paradise Falls because they were adventurous. And it's a place down in South America where they wanted to go. So they always had this dream of building this home, put it up on top of this cliff where the Paradise Falls were at in South America. Then they wanted to document their adventures in Ellie's scrapbook, which was called the Adventure Book. They wanted to document it through hers. Turn your eyes towards this screen. And this is, like I said, a moment that I think teaches us about number in our days.
Yeah, I don't know who wrote that one, but doggone it, it's a tearjerker, isn't it? Yeah, it's a power, powerful scene. Teach us to number our days so that we may grow a heart of wisdom. Life is short. That just encapsulates everything. I know a lot of you, when you saw that, you were thinking about somebody. You might have even been thinking about some dreams that were broken or a grandparent or, or a mom. And uh, can I just say this? That's how God can speak, even through a movie, for you. He speaks through his word, I believe that. I believe he speaks through song, but he can speak through anything. To hear that still, small voice of God that's in your heart, that's deemed one of the top 21 scenes. So that's at the very start of the movie, by the way. So then it goes from there, and we're uh, introduced from where Carl's lost Ellie, and, and he's kind of, uh, things are moving around him, and buildings are coming in, and people are trying to take his land. And he meets this, this little boy called Russell, and Russell knocks on his door. And so imagine kind of a... a um, an old cantankerous man, kind of a, a grumpy, not really grumpy, but kind of grumpy old guy, and he meets this little boy named Russell. And here's what I want to say. Everybody has a Russell in their life. So look at this script, right? Look at this script picture right now of Russell being introduced to Carl. Order now. You get the camera. You get the printer. 4X optical zoom. Schneider lens. Photo printer. SD card. Good afternoon. My name is Russell, and I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54, Sweat Lodge 12. Are you in need of any assistance today, sir? No. I could help you cross the street. No. I could help you cross your yard. No. I could help you cross your porch. No. Well, I gotta help you cross something. Uh, no, I'm doing fine. Good afternoon. My name is uh, Russell, and I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54. Slow down. Wet Lodge 12. Kid! Are you in need of Thank any Thank you, but I don't need today? any help. Ow. Proceed. Good afternoon. Let's skip to the end. CDs? These are my wilderness explorer badges. You may notice one is missing. It's my assisting the elderly badge. If I get it, I will become a senior wilderness explorer. The wilderness must be explored! Go, go! It's gonna be great. There's a big ceremony, and all the dads come, and they pin on our badges. So, you want to assist an old person? Yep. Then I will be a senior wilderness explorer. You ever heard of a snipe? Snipe? Bird. Beady eyes. Every night it sneaks in my yard and gobbles my poor azaleas. I'm elderly and infirm. I can't catch it. If only someone could help me. Me, me! I'll do it! Oh, I don't know. It's awfully crafty. You'd have to clap your hands three times to lure it in. I'll find them, Mr. Fredrickson! I think it's Burroughs two blocks down. If you two go blocks past down, got it! Snipey, snipey. Bring it back here when you find it. Nice. Carl doesn't quite have the love your neighbor thing down quite yet. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the uh, picture what goes on, though. At this point, Carl decides, you know what? I'm going to fulfill that dream that me and Ellie had. So he takes balloons and he puts them all on his house where it forms, you know, a balloon that can take the house away. And uh, he's thought, he thinks he's rid of Russell. He thinks he's going to go and finally fulfill that adventure. 
and then he goes up in the air. You see the balloons go up in the air, and then you see Russell introduced back into the picture again. Turn your eyes towards the screens. So now here's Carl up in a balloon with Russell. Can't get rid of him. Now your question is, here's my question. I'm looking at it. Why is Russell knocking on doors? Where's his family? What do I want to know about this character a little bit? And I've told you all before at the beginning, every one of you have a Russell in your life. Every one of you have a Russell in your life. I've not met anybody that hasn't had one or known one or been around one before. Every Russell, which is like me, which is like you, every person, has something they're going through that you don't know. I know in church on Sunday why I love church, because God brings people in here who are struggling with issues that are deeper than many that I've ever struggled with. And God knows he's the answer, and maybe it's, he's the answer maybe through the song, through, through the message, or maybe through somebody showing them love, the love of Jesus. So Russell has a hurt that Carl's about to understand, and you can just imagine Carl's heart starting to melt for Russell. Watch this screen. Tents are hard. Wait, aren't you super wilderness guy? With the GPMs and the badges? Yeah, but... Can I tell you a secret? No. All right, here it goes. I never actually built a tent before. There, I said it. You've been camping before, haven't you? Well, never outside. Well, why didn't you ask your dad how to build a tent? I don't think he wants to talk about this stuff. Why don't you try him sometime? Maybe he'll surprise you. Well, he's away a lot. I don't see him much. He's got to be home sometime. Well, I called, but Phyllis told me I bug him too much. Phyllis? You call your own mother by her first name? Phyllis isn't my mom. Oh. He promised he'd come to my explorer ceremony to pin on my assisting the elderly badge. So he can show me about tents then, right? <laughs> 
Hey, um, why don't you get some sleep? Don't want to wake up the uh, traveling flea circus. Mr. Fredrickson, Doug says he wants to take Kevin prisoner. We have to protect him. <sighs> Can Kevin go with us? All right, he can come. Promise you won't leave him? Yeah. Cross your heart? Cross my heart. Earlier in the movie, he had told his wife, Ellie, when they first got married, he crossed his heart that he'd bring her to Paradise Falls someday. So you can see where this picture's uh, coming together. Carl never got that scrapbook, and uh, Ellie was going to fill the scrapbook once they're to Paradise Falls. But as she got older, he didn't realize that, that Ellie had filled the scrapbook through their life. So here's the picture now of Carl finding this adventure scrapbook and realizing, and he told her we're going to live the adventure, realizing that maybe the life that he was living was the adventure that was meant for them to live and was certainly treasured moments and memories for Ellie. Maybe it's the same for you. So watch this. Yeah, so tough clip, tough clip to follow. So he and Carl had uh, decided at that point that there are two characters that you didn't see, I didn't have time to show you, that was Doug the dog and Kevin the bird. These birds were 
the bad guy was coming after them. You can catch it up with the movie yourself. It's worth seeing that plot as well. Talks a little bit about greed and the, the dangers of that. So Carl decides he's going to go on the adventure. And he's going to try and rescue these uh, animals because Kevin, I mean, because Russell had said, I'm going to go rescue these birds whether you want to go do it or not. That's when Carl decided he was going to go on the adventure and he was going to go rescue the birds. So just before this last scene, I just want to tell you something. Ellie had given uh, her husband, Carl, this little pen. It was a, soda, a bottle cap of a soda cap. And that was a pen that he wore all along. It was a grape soda cap pen. And he, she had given that to him earlier on. And you know how small little things from people that you love start to mean a lot, even, if they, they, even though they may not have much of a value? That's what happened here. So he gets this pen. He goes and they rescue the animals. They go back home. They get back to where they're supposed to be. Uh, the bad guy's taken care of. Everything's supposed to be as it is. They go back. And then Kevin is now, I mean, uh, Russell is now at his award ceremony where he's supposed to get his final pen for helping an old guy. So pick it up from here and watch and see. Following explorers will graduate to senior explorers. For extreme mountaineering lore, congratulations, Jimmy. For wild animal defensive arts, congratulations, Brandon. For assisting the elderly, uh, Russell, is there someone that, uh... <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me, old man coming through. I'm here for him. Congratulations, Russell. Sir? Russell, for assisting the elderly and for performing above and beyond the call of duty, I would like to award you the highest honor I can bestow. The Ellie Badge. So let's give a big explorer call to our brand new senior wilderness explorers. Ready, everybody? Yeah. I just wanted to summarize this in it this way. You have a Russell in your life. You have somebody that God is asking you to step alongside. I don't know if they're older. I don't know if they're younger. I don't know who they are. But that's the God we serve. He looks for the lost lamb. He says he wants you to love them as he has loved you. And when you do that, that's the adventure of life. That's the adventure of life. That's the adventure of life. When life just goes by and you're able to look back and think, I loved well. I loved the best I can. That is what it's all about. And that's, that is the message of Jesus. That is the message of God, that we love him and we love others as he's loved us. Ready to do, do it with me? Teach us to number our days that we may grow a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may grow a heart of wisdom. God, I thank you and I praise you for all you've done. I thank you for the life and death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And I thank you for your word that shows us how he loved and how he lived so that we may too change our own hearts, help impact the hearts of those that you've given around us, help to change our community, our church, our city, our state, our nation, our world. Father, I thank you for the creativity that you've given some people and the storyline that would honor you. God, we thank you for this moment today. It's in the name of Son that we pray. And all God's people said,
Amen. Two takeaways for today. I want you to look on the screen. Two takeaways as they come up on the screen. Number one, life is short. How are you using your days? And number two, are you loving any Russells? Let's stand and sing to our King.